0: Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. And welcome back to the podcast. Today I have the privilege of hosting Barbara Walzik jors She's the president and CEO at the Gillette Children's Specialty hospital. As president and CEO of the specialty healthcare, Barbara leads one of the top specialty hospitals and nation's first hospital dedicated to serving children who have disabilities. Founded over 120 years ago by the Minnesota state legislature, Gillette's time-tested mission focuses on children who have complex disabilities, rare disorders, and traumatic injuries. Gillette is an independent delivery system with a main campus and numerous outreach clinics and collaborations throughout the upper Midwest. Patients and families from every state and across the globe who have complicated conditions affecting the musculoskeletal and neurological systems seek out the recognized care at Gillette and Barbara is at the helm of the institution with her great team there so it's a privilege to have her on the podcast today welcome barbara
1: thank you for having me it's a pleasure to be here
0: yeah so so barbara what did i leave out in your intro that you want to share with the listeners
1: i think the only thing i would add or emphasize is the pleasure I get in my work, both being in healthcare and at the hospital, such as Gillette Children's, is the ability to passionately advocate for children who have disabilities. I get to do this in my work at all levels, and it's really a pillar in our strategic plan as well. So that's the big notable I would say is missing.
0: Love it. No, it's true. And I and, uh, appreciate you calling that out, Barbara. We definitely need a lot more of that. So I'm, I'm glad you and your team are are doing such a phenomenal job there. I'd love to hear from you. What got you into healthcare to begin with?
1: Well, that concept of inclusion, right? So my story goes back a long way. So, and I was a patient myself in my early childhood. When I was five, I was found to have a middle ear condition that impacted my hearing, facial structure, speech, and everything that goes along with that. So where it wasn't life-threatening, it definitely was life-impacting. From there, I had several surgeries. And in one of those surgeries, I had a bad experience with a clinical staff member pretty late at night. And my surgeon Mm -hmm. had to come in, and he was tending to me. And when I asked him how to make sure this doesn't happen again, like most kids would ask, he, instead of giving me a clinical order or saying what I could do next time I was in the hospital, he leaned down close to me and said, run a hospital and do it right. Wow. He, yeah, he actually added a lot more assertive words to that, but my mom didn't appreciate those words. And if (laughs) she listens to this, I don't think she would (laughs) want me to repeat those words, but in order, you know, and healthcare things do happen. And even sadly today, I mean, we should learn from it. But his words to me in that night, every volunteer post I had was in hospitals. Um, if you talk to kids where I grew up, that was my landing spot. I just told people from that path forward, I'm going to run a hospital. Wow. <laughs> I have any idea what that meant? And I wasn't a title chaser, but it resonates for me. And I hope my colleagues see I bring that passion every day.
0: Well, Barbara, what an amazing story. And um, you're the perfect person to run the center that you're running, you know, the hospital that you're running because of your empathy. And your story really touches my heart because, you know, it just like from the very beginning, it was something that was formative. You decided and you followed through. So really love that you shared that. So curious uh, what you believe is a hot topic that needs to be on every health leader's agenda. And how are you guys focused on that at Gillette?
1: Yeah, well, outside of compassion for those you serve, I think change is the constant in healthcare. Everybody, no matter what your stream of life sees, change in healthcare is on every leader's agenda. And there's really three key factors of change management that I would say needs to be on everybody's radar. And that along the lines of vision, capability, and courage. Do you want me to expand?
0: Yeah, I would love to.
1: I'm not great. Yeah, I, I can talk about this stuff forever. Um, so, it's you know, first the clarity and the long-term objective. So, as a leader, you need to set the vision. Being a specialty hospital, that for us comes a little bit easier for us, except when we think about what we serve with the children who have rare and uncommon disorders, and we have a high case mix index, which is really just the level of acuity of those we serve. We see unique things here, and in the climate of mergers and integration, our kids are often left out or not even considered when hospitals are considering their vision and where to move forward. So we really keep them in the front of every decision that we make, mm-hmm. um, not as a workaround or, or whatnot, but really saying we found a model of care that works. And so strategically and in this time of change, both at the policy level and the operational level, we can't lose that true north, right? We found something that works in the care model, and we must uphold that because it gets the outcomes and the experience for those who matter most in these debates of change, and that's those we serve the patients. After setting the vision, I think every leader then needs to look inward at the team and the capability and our ability to determine the course. Beginning with a new strategy here at Gillette, we aimed at resource development first. So most strategies, people think outward facing. We took a few years and said, let's look within first and Mm -hmm. let's improve our internal core capabilities to achieve that vision. So what do we need? What discipline do we need? What skills do we need to make progress towards what we want to be able to do for those we serve? And then after that initial strategy, then start looking externally and saying things like, do we grow? How do we grow? Who do we partner with? For us came after we spent some time on ourselves saying, what do we really know about ourselves? And what are we capable of doing with that vision? And then third, we go into that courage because healthcare is it's daunting. It's, it impacts every single one of us in a different way. And as a leader of an organization, whether it's here here with my team or others that might be listening in, we need to keep an eye on that long-term goal that we set for our organization and the courage mm-hmm. to keep the course because there are so many disruptions to what we do on a daily basis, a policy change, an operational thing. There's always going to be significant change in front of us, but we have to stay focused on what we need to achieve because at the end of the day, we're all committed to assuring our communities have access to the care that they need. So it's a, a little bit of a all-in. It's somewhat personal, but I think the theme of change really needs to be first and foremost for most leaders today.
0: Love it. No, I think it's a, such a great sort of step-by-step uh, way of doing things. And, you know, when you take a look at the capability, that really struck me in your comments is that you looked inward instead of outward. And, you know, in the environment that we're in, I think it would benefit a lot of leaders to do this, you know, to look inward, spend some time knowing yourself, kind of like that Temple of Delphi for the individual, for the organization. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> know thyself and to thyself be true and followed by courage. This is wonderful stuff that you're doing there, Barb. Would you want to share an example of how you and your team have created results by doing things differently?
1: Oh, it's been different from the onset. So I have to definitely give a shout out to everybody who preceded me working here at Gillette over the decades and the century. We've responded to the changing tides and responded really by having the ability of, how can I say this? I don't think it's a coded word or a trademark word, but the Integrated Practice Unit. So Mm -hmm. this is a model most recently referenced by Porter and Lee that focuses on providing care around a condition. So for over 120 years at Gillette, we've always been condition-based, but this concept of an integrated practice unit really gave us a structure for how to define our work to others. So just like you're doing now is how do you get these learnings out to others so that they can Mm -hmm. influence what they're doing? And so really an IPU is organized around a, a medical condition and a set of related conditions. It often involves dedicated, very well-trained clinicians and staff who devote the majority of their career to this condition, and then bringing these individuals together in a common workspace. So if you think of not just Gillette, but in other disciplines, maybe a cancer center or Heart Institute, it's bringing everybody together around these conditions to get that best possible outcome. And when you think about consolidation and merging out there right now in healthcare, this is what we play for. We play for our care model and the ability to use it in a way that we, we hit everybody's full potential. We reach the full potential of our patients mm-hmm. and also the full potential of our staff that serve. And that for me is like that perfect, how do we use it? And how do we move forward differently?
0: I love that. And it's important to focus as much on the patient as it is on your people. Do you have any Anything that that you want to share as it relates to keeping your people motivated and keeping them feeling purpose-driven?
1: Yeah. So the great thing about our mission is it calls together a unique group of people. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when people talk about how do we go about it, it's really that calling. Clinical people are called to the population that they serve. So that Mm -hmm. part comes pretty easy. And then when they focus and dedicate to Gillette, we spend a lot of time, if you were, care for the caretaker and for those staff. But it's how to make them feel part of that, even if they're not the ones delivering the care. So we spend a lot of time with patient stories and keeping all of our staff close to our strategy and our vision Mm -hmm. so that they see whether they're in a back office or remote site in northern Minnesota, they feel just as part of it. And they feel like when they step in the door, they are actually moving forward because they are what our patients can do and they can achieve. We spend a lot of time on trying to understand to bring that right culture in. I often say everybody wants to work at Gillette, but we have to be really careful about who we bring in because when we bring them in, it's about longevity and about common purpose moving these outcomes forward. Love that. It's not an easy standard. Yeah, engagement of staff comes a little bit easier, but it's that how do we assure that we're not taking advantage and just living off our mission for our staff? We're committed to them. And every day we look at how can we make it better for them as
0: well. Well, definitely uh, sounds like a place that I would like to work and anybody listening <laughs> would like to work. So kudos to you, uh, Barbara, and the way that you do things there. So as you you know gone through different years, uh, different changes, as you said, response matters. We'd love to hear from you of, of a time that maybe things didn't work out so well and what you learned from that to make you guys better.
1: Just one. <laughs> uh, well, I need to i need to be honest. I mean, leadership is about making mistakes. While it's sure a lot more fun to learn from success and maybe not have as many mistakes, we learn from our failures and it's important and it's more prevalent to learn from failures. In fact, if you look at healthcare, we have a lot of mechanisms within the clinical world about analyzing failure and near misses because we know we can learn from it. That's my way of saying if I had to pick, you know, most of my what I would call a mistake that have been meaningful to me are the ones I learned the most. Mm-hmm. So when I think about when I made career changes, decisions that I learned a lot from, and that's how I ultimately landed here at Gillette Children's, what lessons do I learn? What not to do as a leader? I wish I could say it was a, a positive, but usually all the, the failures I was privy to or part of or helped create was when we fell down, On that leadership? Did we set the vision? Did we have the right skills? Did we incentivize our team the right way and provide them the resources they need and put that all together into an action plan or something that they could see and follow? So did we not get a program started on time? Did we lose or break down a program? Things of that nature. It's really what did we fail as as a leader. And that's what brings me through. And I could list a lot of examples, but I don't know who's listening, and they would say, "Oh, she's talking about us," because I've worked with a lot of people. But I have some good ones that, if anybody ever wants to connect with me offline, <laughs> love that. That's good. But, no, but there's I love been it. a lot. There's been a lot. But that's what comes with it.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good call out. Definitely some some confidentiality there. But overall, the the understanding that the leader takes takes the blame. And just making sure that you learn from that blame, learn from the experience this is the way to go. How about one of your proudest experiences that you've had so far?
1: Most recent, I mean, working at a place like Gillette, when you do program planning and you stick mm-hmm. with your vision and you, you get the right capabilities in your the organization, there is nothing better than when you go down to shadow your team. And you see a patient walk again for the first time, or you watch the faces of their family members who thought we couldn't, but now Mm -hmm. they are. I mean, to watch these little champions come through and behind it, there's business, but it's good. And the best success is when you see it on the front line and nobody cares all about the strategy we did or all the heavy lifting. It's merely that their loved one is achieving what they can and it all works, right? It only works when you get the outcome you want for your patients. And all of a sudden all that business planning and all that hard work fades away. And you can just take that deep breath and say, It was so worth it.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. And you know, it's uh important work that you guys are up to. And, you know, I just kinda think back to that time you took us to Barbara where the your physician, you know, said you gotta run it yourself. So glad you listened.
1: Yeah. I mean it's like I said, it's an honor, but it is There is so much good in healthcare, I hope, in this day and age, with all the headlines and the spin, that people remember that. We have an incredible healthcare system here locally in Minnesota and across the nation. Let's look for the good and remind ourselves of all the great things happening every day. We still have a lot to improve on. I don't negate that, but let's focus on we get a lot done and we impact a lot of families. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters.
0: You know, Barbara, I love that point. I tend to get on my soapbox about the news in general.
1: (laughs) Like It's all negative. It's all
0: negative. They need to sell ads. But I think it's so true, Barb, that you just kind of honed in on healthcare in general and what people see. It's not all negative, people. It just isn't. And take this inspiration from Barbara and take a step back and think about all the wonderful things that are happening, and if you need a good place to start, hit rewind on this interview, (laughs) Um, (laughs) because there's definitely a lot of great things happening, Barb, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Tell us about an exciting project or focus you're working on today.
1: Gosh, for us, it's always partnership, right? How can we, the population we serve is smaller than the norm, and it's, expensive and it's tough to put the resources together. So we continue every day outside of the frontline work, reach out to systems near and far to say, how can we bring what Gillette's doing into your patients, into your providers? And not always in a business construct, can we just help out so that this effective model of care can be undertaken by more and all hospitals then improve, right? So we have a lot of business partners not big into contracts, but let's just take what we're doing here and let's offer it to your patient population through your care system. So that's about what we're doing is a whole lot of partnership talks and who's in with helping improve care for this very special Mm -hmm. population of kids.
0: I think that's wonderful. And, And listeners, a call out to all of you. If you're looking to make things better, if you're, you know, running a practice, if you're running uh, the ship at at, a, at an institution, at the end here, we'll uh, give you a best way to connect with Barbara, so that those opportunities or somebody on her team, uh, those opportunities can be made a reality. So let's pretend Barbara, you and I are building a leadership course on healthcare. It's what it takes to be successful in the business of medicine and care. The 101 of Barb Walsick jores I've got five (laughs) questions for you. These are going to be lightning round style, so rapid fire, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? All right. All right, here we go. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes?
1: Focus on those you're trying to serve and have a strategy.
0: What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid?
1: Lack of critical thinking. You have to connect the dots if you're the healthcare leader.
0: How do you stay relevant despite constant change?
1: Do what you do well, be the best, but make sure somebody validates that you're the best.
0: What is one area of focus that drives everything in your organization?
1: That is so easy for ours, those that we can serve, the patients.
0: The patients, absolutely. And finally, what is your number one success habit?
1: Bring it all in every day. Which is, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, I'll i have to share and now nationally share I don't have a hobby or a secret thing. Every single day of my work is different. So I just got to bring in that energy. And my habit is when I come in, everything else kind of goes backwards and it's Mm -hmm. all in every day.
0: And what book would you recommend to the listeners as part of the syllabus?
1: It's an old one, if that's okay. Michael Porter, which in case you haven't noticed, I like his simplicity in putting things out there. I think it was over 10 years ago, Redefining Healthcare. The one about creating value based competition. It's, it. you know, 10 years plus, we're still tackling these issues, but he talks about focusing on medical conditions and the full cycle of care. And it's such a great connection to what I'm able to do every day here.
0: Well, it's one thing to read it and say you read it. It's another thing to read it and apply it. So kudos for you applying it, Barbara. And it's a great one. It took me a while to get through it. It's definitely a big one. But (laughs) folks, if you haven't had a chance, Michael Porter's book, Redefining Healthcare, is one you should definitely pick up. We'll leave a link to that here in the show notes and also the entire transcript. Everything you could find on outcomesrocket.health in the search bar, just type in Barbara, or type in Gillette Children's. You'll find the episode that way. Barb, this has been fun. I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you.
1: Oh, good. So I guess in closing, as healthcare keeps changing, in healthcare, we all need to focus on what we're the best at and what's best for patients. And while it's a lot of us say that we are doing that, I think we just need to be honest with ourselves. And if we are, then we're working forward for our patients, we're advocating for our patients, and together all facets of the healthcare industry. We're working to assure our patients, not just at Gillette, but in every healthcare system, reaches their full potential. So with that, people can reach out to me by my LinkedIn page or simply at email with yours at GilletteChildrens.com.
0: Outstanding, Barbara. Really appreciate your, your insights and, and the time you spent with us and uh, excited to, to hear more about what you guys have up to here in 2019. So thanks again and uh, looking forward to staying in touch.
1: Great. Thank you, Saul. So
0: thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast.